0: Good morning. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks. I was going to, you know, rent an online crowd and have people cheer and everything, but you guys are good this morning. I don't need to rent a crowd. And I'm sure people in their lounge rooms just cannot contain themselves right now with excitement. So welcome to those of you joining us on Facebook Live. Very excited to have you with us. So what a week, huh? What a week. I don't know about you, but for me, this week's been like the minute I feel like I've caught up on information, I'm already behind because there's more information. But I'll tell you one thing that has been a prominent in my week, and that is that while I look around, the week kind of started like worse than chaos. I don't know what the word is for worse than chaos, but it started like that, right? But then partway through the week, I noticed this shift in the atmosphere, and all of a sudden, it was like a blanket of peace started to descend upon the earth. And I started to feel it within myself. And I, went, and I questioned it. I went, God, what's that about? Is it just me being a bit off today? Is it, is it actually something happening? And God started to talk to me about the people of God who were, who were starting to pray. He started to talk to me about the fact that what we were doing was having impact on the earth, that we were changing atmospheres and shifting atmospheres because we were starting to pray. And not that we were there all day on our knees doing nothing but praying and praying and praying, but it was quiet trust. It was confidence. It was trusting God and knowing I know who he is, and I know what he is going to do, and I know he's already doing it. And because of that, the, the sh- there is a shifting in the spiritual atmosphere already over the earth. And so because of that, I've had a super peaceful week. I haven't – I mean, it's, it's a bit crazy. You go to the shops and you kind of go, oh, but there's not much on the shelf. And you can, it's very easy to get caught in the I'm going to panic buy just because everybody else is. But it's equally as easy to go, I'm good. I got this. I'm going to have all I need because I know who He is. And that's what's been really prominent in my week. I've had to focus on what's constant and unchanging. And the only thing that is, is Jesus. He's the only thing constant and unchanging. And every bit of information that comes your way, I just encourage you weigh it up against what is constant, weigh it up against what is unchanging weigh it up against Jesus and what he says is true. So the last three weeks here in in our church, we have been unpacking what the ultimate life is. And we kind of started in the first couple of weeks, Pastor Matt's been talking about us being jars of clay that are on the potter's wheel and and the potter being God forms us for his good pleasure. Then we went from there and, and he started to talk to us about diving into the river of God and drinking from God's pleasures. And then last week, he talked about us making Jesus our life source because he is the vine, the Father God is the vine dresser, the gardener, and we are the branches that are grafted into Jesus. And I started to look over those three weeks, and you can kind of go, yeah, well, that's three different kind of ways of looking at it. But actually, it's one way of looking at it. Over those three weeks, Jesus has been calling us to one thing, closer to him. He's been calling us into intimacy. To be potter on the clay, that's pretty close. To be in his hands, that's pretty intimate. To be diving into the river and drinking off his pleasures, that's right there with him. To be a, a, a branch inside the vine grafted into him, that speaks of absolute intimacy. And so that is what we are going to be talking about today, that the ultimate life is the intimate life. Now what I want to recognize is that God's been setting us up for this season. He knew what was coming. He's God of the universe. This whole thing does not take him by surprise, not for a second. And and you know, we have to remember the sun can't set or rise without him telling it to. The ocean can't come in any further than he allows it to. And he knew this was coming even before. Those of you who are on social media have been seeing all the viral videos of Bill Gates going around, that he predicted this was going to happen in 2015. God knew before Bill Gates even had a suggestion about it, okay? But what we need to understand is that even though God had the intel, God did not orchestrate or cause this. We have to remember God is good and God only can do good, Okay, so it is not in his nature to cause this kind of thing and I think that to, to, to be able to take in anything else that we're going to say today, we need to have that settled within ourselves. To know, I know he's good, he doesn't cause this sort of stuff and as much as I know that, I know what he does with these kinds of situations. He turns all the mourning into dancing. He turns all the ashes into beauty. He turns everything meant for evil and makes it good. That's what he does. That is his nature. You know, and and I know that there could be people here in this room or even in their living rooms or even listening to this later this week that will say, well, you know what? If he's good and if he's God and if he's almighty, well, well, why doesn't he just stop it all now? Why doesn't he just fix it? Couldn't a God who's all powerful do that? Well, Well, couldn't he? couldn't he could couldn't he well why doesn't he do it i don't know you don't know none of us know everyone's got a theory talk to every man and his dog and every man and his dog has a theory but we don't know but that's why he's god and we're not see we see a part of the picture and he sees the whole thing and as much as i think fear and dread have tried to infiltrate our world over the last couple of weeks I see an absolutely different narrative at play. I see love and kindness emerging like never before across the earth. I see people coming together wanting to meet each other's needs. I see hope being a conversation that is normal. It is normal for us to talk about hope, to talk about truth, to talk about life from a distance with the people around us because it is what everybody is looking for at the moment. I've never had so many people talk to me as I walk down the street ever in my life. Just about anything. Because people want to know that everything is going to be okay. And who is better positioned to tell people that than us? We are the church. And this is our time. This is our opportunity. We are here for such a time as this. God is with us and for us in every single season. But what an opportunity we have right now to shine light on people who are struggling in darkness. People, not everybody has the opportunity that we have to see the hope and see the light. And we get the privilege of shining that into other people. That is what we get to do. So it's just as easy to lean into Jesus as it is to get caught up in the pandemonia of everything. We just get to choose. We get to choose where we want to lean. And, and, and what we're going to speak about today, it's not a response to the coronavirus. It's not a response to the world's pandemic. It is a response to how we live every season of our life we got to live every season intimate with Jesus. So the ultimate life is the intimate life. How do we live this intimate life? Well, Psalm 91 gives us a lot of clues and that is going to be our main text for today, Psalm 91. So I have uh, got our wonderful media team queued up and they are going to be showing us here on our screens the the, the chapter. And I'm going to encourage you, can we read it aloud together this morning? So if you're at home, We are going to be patient and let the lag catch up because I believe that it's important for us to read this together this morning. So guys, if you want to go to that first slide for Psalm 91, that will be fabulous. And let's read it all together. You who sit down in the high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. Let's go for the next one. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing, not wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, Not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon. Even though others succumb all around, drop like flies right and left, no harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched, watch it all from a distance, watch the wicked turn into corpses." Yes, because God's your refuge, the high God's your very own home. Evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care if you'll only get to know and trust me. Call me and I'll answer. Be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue thee, then throw you a party. I'll give you a long life, give you a long drink of salvation. Amen, huh? How good is that? I love that, you know, there is the, the, the most traditional version of that um, chapter, we all know, kind of starts, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, and that's kind of one of the things that we all sort of memorize, but I've picked the message today because there's certain ways that it says something that's going to really help us understand what this actually means. So we're going to break it down. You ready to break it down? I was going to get my break dance on for you. We're going to break it down. You who sit in high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. So sit down. You guys are already seated. I bet you people in their living rooms are seated. Sit down. The Hebrew word for that is yoshad. It means seated as royalty, to sit, to remain, to dwell. You know, Ephesians 2.6 tells us that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. If you love Jesus, if you have asked him to be your Lord and Savior, if you are following after him, that is your legal position. Seated in heavenly places. So our position is to sit. I know that there are times when God calls us to stand and fight for things, but we've been singing this morning that he's the one who fights our battles. And this is the battle that he's got to fight. So, what is our position? We sit. We pray and we sit. We sit in the place where he seated us, with him in Christ. We sit because we have confidence in who he is. We can rest and we can lean back into him. Now, right up, confession time. I'm not very good at sitting. I'm a busy bee. I'm the person who says, let's watch a movie and we'll get up and do a load of laundry and check her emails and do 10 things in between. Like sitting down for a block of time is very hard for me. I need to learn to sit. It's very easy to go, Jesus, I trust you. I'll just be over here doing it while I trust you. I need to learn to sit. And I think we need to think about that in our lives. Are we good sitters? I'm not talking about being a lazy people. I'm not talking about thinking, oh, she'll be right, mate. I don't need to take no precautions. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about confidence within my heart that says, I'm stuck on this. I know who he is and I will rest in him. I will rest in him. So it says that if we sit in the presence of the Most High, We will spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. How do you make a shadow? Well, there has to be a source of light. A source of light has to be shining onto an opaque object, something which doesn't allow light to pass through it. So how do we get in Shaddai's shadow? The guys can help me out with the slides. That will be fabulous. How do we get in Shaddai's shadow? I started to think about this. I started to think about God. God is light. God is all light. In him, there's no darkness, right? So how's God making a shadow that I've got to get in? Like what's God casting his light on to form a shadow that I've got to get in? And I started to think about this. And I don't know, maybe it was, I'm not going to lie, it wasn't like I heard this audible voice and God just told me what it was. But I had this thing in my heart that said, this is what it is. Father God is here and Father God is light. Everything about him is light. But Jesus was the human God. Jesus was what? Jesus was was God in the form of a man. So Jesus, while he walked the earth, looked like me and you. He was an opaque object. Light could not pass through him, right? Except those weird times when he transfigured and did things like that. But we're not going to go there today. That's a different sermon. So Jesus... I think, is the opaque object through which God shines his light through and casts a shadow. You love my little little thingies? Pretty good, huh? Yeah, I was impressed with myself. Peter Furlong, this one's for you. All right, so God shines his light onto Jesus. Jesus forms the shadow. Next slide, please. Oh, sorry, the one before that. There's one more before that. It's okay, we'll get there. Great. So how do I get in Shaddai's shadow? I need to be right there with Jesus. Isn't that what we talked about last week, being grafted into the vine? I need to be in him. I need to be seated there. That is where I need to sit and where I need to stay. Because as the next slide will show you, thanks guys, the next one. If I move here, I make my own shadow. Or I move here, I make my own shadow. Anywhere I move other than being here with Jesus is going to impact how much light can shine on me and where my shadow is going to fall. I need to be here in him so that my shadow is in his shadow. That's where I need to be. That is what he's saying. He's saying, I need you to be so close to me. I need you to be so in me that we are one and we make one shadow. That's how it works, the I in you and the you in me. It's our position of being seated and going, I'm not going to move from here, God. I am staying with you and your shadow is my shadow and my shadow is your shadow. I stay in Shaddai's shadow. The shadow came, God was the one casting the shadow in the first place. So there's a little way that my brain works that's hopefully unpacking this scripture for you today. Now, a shadow has light and dark in it, right? You need light and dark to make a shadow, yeah? So I think that we need to recognize that this promise, this word from God, is not promise for a life of ease. There's light and there's darkness. There's good times and there's hard times. What he's saying is, you have light and hope for every dark time. Because you remain in in Jesus and God's light is there, no matter what you face, you are going to have light and hope for every dark time that comes. I love that this gives us the idea that this is, this is where those ideas come from, where people say it is well with my soul or I am I have confidence in my high priest. It's because we do this. We can, if we stay in this place, this is where the peace is. If we stay in this, ple- this place, this is where we don't get the anxious mind because we're staying in perfect love and we know that perfect love casts all fear out. This is where we want to live, yeah? This is, this is the hot zone. This is the blue zone. This is where we want to live. The next part of the chapter says, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. Why don't you say it with me? God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you're perfectly safe and his arms fend off all harm. Now, if I said nothing else today, got up and said, yep, we're done, that should be enough. That there. God is God. He always has been. He always will be. And he's saying, declare over yourself what I'm telling you is true. Get up in the morning and say, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. Go to the shops and say, God, I'm, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. Yes, take all the precautions because we are honoring to one another and we're honoring to the bodies God's given us. And we're honoring to our government. Yes, do all those things. But we, we serve a higher authority, guys. God, you are my refuge. I trust you and I am safe. And because of that, you, you promised to rescue me from every deadly hazard, from every hidden trap. You fend it off. You are fighting my battle. My job is to, to sit. To sit where? In Jesus. Fear nothing, not wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon, Even though others succumb all around, drop like flies right and left, no harm will even graze you. And this is just reminding us what we already know. If we are seated in his shadow, we do not fear. We've already talked about perfect love casts off fear. There's no fear in that shadow. You'll stand untouched. Watch it all from a distance. Watch the wicked turn into corpses. Now, as I start to think about this, I went, well, God's a little audaciously confident in himself, isn't he? He knows who he is. He has total confidence in his ability to keep me and you safe from harm. Now, does that mean I can't or won't get the coronavirus? Does that mean the people I love can't or won't get it? Does that mean that every time I visit Coles, toilet paper and tissue is going to be on the, the shelf? You know, what does it mean? Well, I had to weigh this up with some of the words of Jesus. And Jesus says, while you're in the world, you're going to have troubles. Real spoiler alert. Thank you, Jesus. You know, while you're in the world, you're going to have troubles. But take heart. I've overcome the world, he says. So I guess if I have to think about this, well, is God just being a little too confident and can I trust that? Versus Jesus saying, you're going to have trouble. But don't worry. I've overcome the world. So where do I fit in this? And I think the answer lies in where I'm seated. My position is going to determine how I'm going to be able to answer and respond to that. If I'm seated, if I'm dwelling, if I'm remaining, then I might just dare to go, yeah, he will. He will protect me from harm. He will keep me from all disease. He, I will be able to watch it from a distance and it won't come near me. But if the light source is shining and I move, maybe I won't be as confident. So where we are, where we're positioned impacts our ability to answer that. So I'm just going to put it out there and say maybe, just maybe, God's saying, would you, would you take me at my word? Would you believe it says what it, It believes what it actually says and not try to rationalise it another way. Not to try and add in the ifs, the buts and the clauses just to give God a way out in case he needs it. Because he knows who he is. He's confident to tell us who he is. So the factor that's not so reliable right now is me and where I'm going to put my trust and where I'm going to sit. Is this speaking to anybody today? Good. Yes, because God, your refuge, the high God is your, you've made your very own home. Evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. So like I started to think about that and go, God, what are you exactly saying here? And he's starting to unpack a little more about this position of being seated with him. What he's actually doing is upgrading our place of residency. God does not want us to visit the shadow. He does not want us to visit the heavenly places where we are seated. He does not want you to take out a rental agreement just in case in 12 months you don't like it. God is actually saying, I need you to live here. This is your new address. Wherever you were hanging your hat up before, that is not where you are to hang it up now. If you were hanging it up in disappointment, if you were hanging it up in guilt, if you were hanging it up in shame, if you were hanging it up in anything else but Jesus, if you're hanging it up on the news, whoa, don't hang it up there. That thing changes every 30 seconds." In fact, turn it off and just listen to it a couple of times a day, okay? Because this is what you need to be listening to more than that. Julie already said it. We need to be not combating. We need to not be on the, the defense. Like, like, you know, we need to be in and ready before. We need to be armed and ready to go, but from a position of being seated. It's not our battle, it's his battle. So we need a permanent change of address. God doesn't want us dropping in on his shadow he wants us living there so he, that's why he says if we make our home in him he's not just going to protect us from harm and disease and destruction but he says it can't even get through the door do you know why because we're living in his house can evil get through God's door no it cannot that is why he's he can say it confidently because he's told us this is where you will live and it cannot get through my door so it cannot get through your door So can you see how God is wanting to orchestrate for us a life where we can confidently trust him, but the key is we need to stay close and intimate with him. That's the key, staying close and intimate. This to me sounds like a pretty ultimate life, like to have this confidence that goes, I walk everywhere I go with the God of the universe, like we sang before me and behind me and beside me and within me, we sang that. I walk in confidence that his favour is upon me and my family and my children and my nieces and my nephews and my brother and my sister and my parents and their parents and, and you know, I, I live with that confidence because I stay intimate with him. He takes care of everything else if I do the things he asks me to do. You know, the, the, this intimate life and this ultimate life, the shadow of his wings, this shadow of the Almighty, this place... It's beautiful. It's wide and it's open. It's a place where you can catch your breath but take a deep breath. But it's not a place to get comfortable because it's a wild place. It's a free place. It's a place where he is calling us onto things constantly. It's not a passive secluded life. It is not a life of isolation. It's a life of actually empowerment because when you know who you are and everything that you have, you can't help but go and give it to the next person next to you. That's what it is. That's why it's wild and it's free. It's a life that goes, God, it's all yours. I know that you're here anyway. You're going to be with me. You're going to walk with me. I'm not alone in any of it. It's a really, 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 I hope, I hope I'm, it's not that I need to convince you, but I hope that you're getting the truth of this, this morning. He's not saying live this quiet little passive life. He's not saying that at all. I mean, he's, when Jesus, I mean, Jesus empowered his disciples, right? And he filled them with the Holy Spirit. And, and when, and when Jesus had already gone back to heaven after he died, he was walk. The, his disciples were walking the earth and their shadows healed the people they walked past. Like that's the power of a shadow, that it can heal the people that you walk past if I'm going to go out on a limb and say those disciples were seated in the right place. Otherwise, I don't think that oh, I ain't seen my shadow heal somebody yet. And I would love to see my shadow heal somebody. I am hanging for that one. I just want to walk past someone and they go, what, my, my legs can move again or something like that. Why not? Why not? Because if he said I can, why not? I'm going to believe because he's giving me the permission to. I feel like he eggs us on to go, this is who I am. I dare you. Believe me. I, I believe that's what he does. And he does in this next bit he says, I've ordered my he's ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you from they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes, and kick young lions and serpents from the path. God's just reminding us and saying the same things over and over again be as bold as I am, have the same faith in me that I have in me. If you come across a long, a a lion or a snake, I'm going to protect you. He's like, I was reading this with my girls during the week. And I said to them, I don't recommend it girls. Don't go find a lion or a serpent on a path and try kick it. But if I encounter one, what have I got to fear? He's there with me. I am a, a preschool teacher and we take children off on bush kinder. And Bushkinder, for about six months of the year, is riddled with snakes down at the Yarra River where we go. And so the children are taught safety, um, snake safety. What do we do? So if you encounter a snake, this is what you do. Snake! You don't move. You stand there and everyone in the group sees it and everyone has to stop because if you move, the snake moves more and gets freaked out because of all the vibrations we're making. So God is, God, is, God, is, God is calling snake, but not in a way that we need to be paralysed with fear. God is going, whatever it is that jumps in your path, he's already called snake. Just walk through. Jesus already calmed the storm so you can live in the calm of the storm. He did it so we can live in it. So God's already called snake on your path. You can go in the confidence that he's done it. So we're going to bring this home now, the last few verses. It says, If you hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care if you'll only get to know and trust me. Call me and I'll answer. I'll be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you, then throw you a party. I'll give you a long life, give you a long drink of salvation. I love the concept of holding on to God for dear life. And it's not a panic or fear state. It's not like a, oh, my God, oh, my God. I've been on a banana banana boat before. Has anyone ever been on a banana boat? Oh, my word. Let me tell you, that is a near-death experience. I got off and I kissed the ground. I had a Pope moment and I kissed the ground. I had my – they put me at the front because, you know, that's better apparently – my eyes were shut. My hands were just, like, I, I nearly died. And I had my kids on there with me. They told me this would be great, by the way. Oh, you'll love it. You'll have fun. I am not a thrill seeker, guys. I'm not. If you drive too fast in the car, I'll feel sick, okay? So um, my niece falls off and everyone's like, stop! We've got to go back and get the kid. And then Chloe fell off and we had to go back and get Chloe. And it was horrifying, I will never, ever do it again, ever again. That is holding on for dear life, let me tell you. But life with Jesus is not like that. Yes, it's a wild ride. But we're holding on to dear life, not because of panic, not because of fear. We're holding on to dear life because He is our life source. We know that apart from Him, we can do nothing. We know that He is our all in all. He is everything we need. He is every answer for every situation. He is all we need. That's why we hold on for dear life. And then I love that God's promised us all this stuff. He's that infinitely good. And then He says, by the way... At the end, I'll throw you a party. Let's celebrate, he says. And he, he, he's, he so backs himself up because the word tells us, sorrow lasts for a night, but joy comes with the morning. He tells us he walks with us through the trials, and then when we get to the other side, he's initiating the celebration. But the funny thing about God is he's actually celebrating through the trial because, spoiler alert, he's already seen the other end. He knows he wins. He knows we win. So for him walking through the fire and walking through the trouble and walking through the storm, they're a breeze because he's that confident He's seen the end because he created the end. He comes back to it with us, walks through it with us, celebrating all along. And then we get to the end and he says, here, here's your party. Here is your celebration. It's long life. It's salvation. It's all the things I promised you because you dared to believe I am who I said I will be. You dared to stay intimate with me. You dared to stay close, even though it was tempting to get out of the seat of being seated with me because you had a 100 million voices screaming at you, telling you, really, where's your faith now? telling you, really? Well, why has the virus come to your house if you're a Christian? Telling you, really? Well, how come you can't find toilet paper and everybody else can? Telling you, whatever it is, it's telling you. But you choose to go, I'm going to stay seated no matter what. I will stay in him no matter what. I don't need to make my own shadow because that's not going to do anybody any good. I'm going to stay in his shadow. What I love about his shadow, and if we stay in his shadow, is that It actually gives us the ability to shine light on other people. I talked about this at the start. When we are in a place of confidence, when we are in a place of staying in God, when we are in a place of staying in Jesus, because the light is shining on Jesus and so it's shining on us too because we're staying in Jesus and then it's making a shadow. That shadow, although shadows are dark because that's what happens, the light shines on things and makes a dark shadow, Actually, that shadow's light because it's Jesus. And people are drawn to that because they don't have that shadow. Not everybody gets to walk in a shadow of light. And people will see it and people will come. And you know what can happen? You can lend other people a little of your light. And that will change their shadow. And before long, you can actually invite people to come into the place of being seated. And they will have their own shadow of light. Because they will learn who Jesus is because they see the shadow of his light on your life. The shadow is not just for us. The shadow is to share. You know, If you read all through the Psalms, it gives you images of the people of God being like these big cedar of Lebanon trees that are so wide that they create shade for the people who need it. Let your life be like that. A, sh- a tree creates amazing shade on a hot day, doesn't it? Be like that create the shade people need be the shadow and the shelter people need to come in and find the light so just as we close today i hope i hope we understand that the invitation now in this season but the invitation in every single season is choose the ultimate life choose the intimate life but how do we do this on monday how do we do this on tuesday well as i was washing my hair yesterday morning the lord spoke to me in the shower and he said this our tendency as people is to desire normal. We're just craving normal. Who doesn't want to turn the clock back two weeks and just live life the way it's supposed to be, right? We're creatures of wanting normality. But God spoke to me clearly and he said, we are in a season of change and transition. Nothing for the moment will be normal. And even when this is all over, things will not return to normal. There will be a new normal. And together we need to work out what that is. And I just felt his encouragement be, don't fear it or resist it. Transition is on earth as it is in heaven. We are being positioned for a new spiritual normal. Okay, There's going to be a new normal on earth, but it can't do what heaven's not already reflecting Do you know what I mean? It's on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we've been praying for years before us and generations before us and since the church began, on earth as it is in heaven. So God's encouraging us that don't, like as as much as there's frustrations in, 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 in guidelines and legislation and what we can and can't do, changing every day, as much as there's a tension and there's a frustration, he's providing us a place to sit, to lean in, to rest in him. And he's saying, I'm in all of this. I'm all over every detail. There's not an I he hasn't dotted and a T he hasn't crossed. You know, we are being positioned for a new normal. So I want, I want you to choose, I want you to choose that to be seated, to stay in his shadow, to choose the intimate life. So practically, how can you position yourself? Well, For you and for our viewers at home, I have created this very special seven-day challenge and it does not require exercise. Can I get an amen? Right, good. This is what it is. For seven days, seven days, read Psalm 91. Read it out loud, just for seven days. And you know what will happen? It's going to change you. It's going to remind you of everything we talked about today and it's going to inject hope into you and to your day and to your situation. It is going to get you ready to be able to inject hope into the people around you. And it is going to keep you positioned because you're reminding yourself every single day for seven days, where do I live now? Where do I live now? Where is my shadow? Is it making its own or am I in his? So for seven days. If you're on social media, I am going to commit to jumping online for the next seven days and I'm going to read it. So you can read it with me if you want to. You can not read it with me if you want to, but I am so committed to the seven day challenge that I'm committing to jump on live for the next seven days and I'm going to read it. And you can even replay me reading it to you later. Who knows? I might dress up in funny hats or something. I'm sure by the fifth day I'll be doing something ridiculous, but do it. Do it with someone. You don't even if you're isolated, you don't need to be isolated. Let's use the tools around us. Let's do this seven day challenge. Jump on Facebook and and I don't know what time of the day I'll be doing it, but you can watch it later. I'll save it to my stories and I'll probably save it to Manningham's stories as well. And the other thing we've got to do is just say yes. When you're given an invitation, there's an RSVP and you have to say, Yes, I'm coming, or sorry, I can't. And God's giving us an invitation. He's saying, live. In the shadow of the Almighty. Be seated with me in a heavenly place. That is the invitation. So he's saying, Will you come? Will you RSVP? So I'm just going to ask if um, you would love to bow your heads for a second wherever you are in your living room, in your bedroom, in a cafe watching me here in this room. I'm just going to bow our heads and we're just going to pray and I'm just going to. You know, ask God to help us to make that choice. And you can just start to talk to Him yourself. You might want to settle within yourself. Yeah, God, I want to stay in that place. You might already walk in that place of being seated with Him. But, you know, there's always deeper places to go. We never get to the end of God. It's like the tunnel that you just keep falling through in a really good way. You never get to the end of God. Even if you might go, maybe I was there a couple of weeks ago, but I think. I've shifted a little, so maybe I'm not in the shadow. Just put yourself back there. Position yourself. God, I choose to believe your word. I place myself in the shadow of your wing. Or it may be somewhere you've never really thought about living before. There's no time like the present to put yourself there. So I'm going to pray. So Heavenly Father, we love you so very much. We thank you that you give us everything we need. You are our source. You are our supply. You are our God. You are our friend. You are our king. You are our safety. You are our refuge. You are our secret place. I thank you, Jesus, that you call us, on an invita- you call us and give us an invitation, an invitation to an ultimate life that is intimate with you. You want to be close to us, God. You are the God of the universe and above everything, you desire our hearts. You just want to be with us. God, I just thank you for that so much. And I just pray for every person here in this place and every person, God, watching online. I pray, God, that within us, we would have the courage to say yes that we would have the boldness to say, I will believe what God says about himself. I will believe that he is who he says he is, that he will do what he says he will do, that he has the power to protect me, that he has the power to protect my household and that I need to stay seated. Help us to sit. Help us to sit, God. And help us to lean back. Help us to hear your heartbeat. Help us to hear your voice speaking to us. And help us to act on that. Thank you, Lord, that each one of us has the ability to shine the shadow of light into a world that needs it. So I pray, Lord, for every person here, and I pray for your church, God, around the world, that we would be shining shadows of light into darkness, and that we would be bringing people into the light so that they could find their seat in the shadow of the Almighty. You're a wonderful God, and we love you so much. And all God's people said, Amen. Thanks so much, Pastor Julie.